Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. Hello and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. United we stand, divided we fall. I have found these words to continue to drop in the spaces of my life this past week. When I'm in the shower, going for a walk, closing my eyes to fall asleep, I just keep hearing in my mind's eye, united we stand, divided we fall. While I certainly don't love admitting it, I was feeling and continue to feel periodically uh, incredible disconnect from so many. I felt disconnected from those working in fear, working in victim mode, and working with toxic truths. And as I felt and processed this disconnect, I of course had the awareness that this disconnect is not serving my highest good or the good of the collective. And during my first few attempts to clear, I found myself reaching for a higher truth and naturally retrieving the law of compassion, which we spent some time on discussing in episode three. But what I found was that it just wasn't good enough. Or I should say it just wasn't enough. I had to go deeper. And I invite you to do this work as well. And honestly, something that I feel I'm going to have to continue to weave in to not just my morning and evening rituals, but during those spaces of life, when I sense and feel this presence of united we stand, divided we fall. So grab your journal, and if you're able to join me in a quiet practice, let's see if we together and individually can find some deeper connections. First, I want to express my immense gratitude to you for doing this thing with me right here and right now. Place your hand on your heart. And again, if you're able to close your eyes and feel me when I say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up during such uncertain times to find the certainty within yourself. This is the greatest compliment you can give me, the greatest gift you can give yourself and this world. From this place of feeling heart-centered, I want you to set the intention to create connection. 
connection first to your essence, your higher self, connection to your totality, your total self, connection to your ego, the part of you who keeps you safe from real danger, but also certainly creates even more so false dangers. Connection to your body. Feel your heart under your hand, reminding you every single day of your innate power to be, do, and have. I want you to feel from this place your connection to your partner, your children, your family, your friends, coworkers, neighbors, people you like, people you don't like, people you know, people you have yet to know, and people you will never know. Connection to the earth, the plants, and the many forms of life that live in our waters, on our lands, and in our ground. Setting this intention to feel connection is something so simple, yet so powerful, that we each can do a little better right now to sprinkle in our day. When we set this intention, it keeps it conscious in our thoughts and therefore conscious in our actions. For instance, if is what I'm going to do, you ask yourself, is what I'm about to do right now create a stronger or weaker connection? And you might find the answer is both. So then the follow-up question would be asking yourself if your action is going to help lessen the divide or make the divide even larger. And sometimes this is tricky to decipher. And therefore you have to go within and say, is this helping to share real truth or toxic truth? And you know the difference with that alignment. And if you can't make the decision from a place without fear, then this is likely not a time to be taking any action when it comes to actually uh, moving in the direction of creating a stronger divide in the physical plane. So in terms of sharing something on social, if you are still working in fear, then this is probably not a good time to take action with something that's in the physical plane, some sort of circumstance that has a potential to strengthen or weaken. But certainly set that intention to be conscious in your thoughts and be conscious in your actions and knowing how to decipher the difference between strengthening and weakening the divide. And if you wish to take this further, take this further beyond that intention of creating connection, I have several different ways that you can do some exercises to just go deeper in this work. And this isn't something that you have to do every single one of them. As always, you check in with yourself and see which one speaks to you. 
So the first one is making eye contact. The eyes are referred to as a window of our soul for a reason. And making eye contact is one of the most simple, yet absolutely profound way to feel connection to someone's soul, which means looking beyond all circumstances, looking beyond all past and present, looking beyond the future. This is literally a place to connect light to light. When I was in a mastermind several years ago, um, there was a disconnect in the sisters. You could feel the tension. You could feel uh, the disharmony within the group. And I'm not even really entirely sure why. Perhaps it was jittery of not really knowing each other or perhaps there was a dispute be, uh, around some sort of um, belief or thought process. I honestly do not remember what it was, but it was this sense in this sisterhood or this mastermind of women who were working to transform our lives. You could just feel this sense of disconnect and it didn't feel good. We all know what that feels like to be in a place where you feel disconnected and to the extreme of that where you feel not wanted or you feel like you have to walk on eggshells or that you can't speak your truth or it's not safe to speak your truth. And so it was one of those situations where here we are working with love and light and yet there's this energy that feels toxic and heavy. And so the my coach at the time um, had us do an exercise several different times anytime that the energy would come up where she would have us look into another sister's eyes for a minute. And then you had to rotate to another sister's eyes for a minute. And let me tell you, that minute feels like the longest minute of your life. And it's a reminder at how little energy we spend connecting with someone soul to soul. That is not something that we put in practice on a daily basis. That's not, that is not something that we even talk about. We talk about making eye contact, but we don't talk about actually sitting with someone soul to soul and using the eyes as a gateway to that. And after this exercise, doing that, you could just absolutely feel the shift in the energy you felt this immense love and understanding and acceptance in the room that wasn't previously there. And, um, you know, anytime that there seemed to be a friction that came back up, this would be used in some way to reconnect the group and reconnect the energy. And this is a muscle that needs to be flexed and used. And depending on the circumstances of, you know, the disharmony, of the group or disharmony of the relationship, uh, you know, depends on how long the group or the relationship is going to be able to hold the note of that connection, that soul to soul connection. And so this is just something that is, can so easily be done with those in your immediate family to create a stronger connection within your home. And again, it's, it's allowing for what happens on the micro level, what happens in our immediate lives 
to mirror back out that expression. And so when we str- when we create that stronger connection with ourself, and then we take that that next level and we create those stronger connections with those in our immediate family, and then we take it that next level and we create a little bit stronger connection there, right? You can see how powerfully this has that ripple effect. And so speaking of that, making eye contact with yourself. I mean, that is something that I do every day to connect to myself is when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm looking at my light. I spend more time looking at that part of me, that soul, looking and making that connection and feeling that love for this journey than I do looking at my body. And as we make that soul-to-soul connection with ourselves right? It makes it so much easier for us to have those soul to soul connections with others. But this is such an easy thing to do to like radically shift the container. And if you are a little nervous about doing this work with um, maybe your partner or a child right now, maybe you have a, a teenager that wouldn't be so into making eye contact right now, start with something simple like your dog or your cat. And make that connection soul to soul with that animal and feel that that presence of that being. And just the shift in energy that you make with, you know, the pet. And then see if you can take that the next step. Whether that's the next step of being able to look you eye to eye. And certainly if that's a struggle, that's, you know, someplace that we need to have our attention. What blocks do we have that we are not able to make that connection with ourselves? At what point did we disconnect from ourselves? What needs to be healed to allow us to reconnect with ourselves? I mean, there's so many questions that could be had. So just see what feels in alignment to you. Does this feel in alignment to you? Does this feel too scary right now? You get to choose. Always you get to choose. These are not commands by any by any imagination. You know, these are just simply drop-ins of things that I have experienced or that I've done that have served me. And when we make eye connection, um, I'm curious to know uh, if you feel that sense of radical change with looking at a loved one in the eyes. And I know that I say that from a place of curiosity, even though I I feel like I, I know the answer is going to be a profound yes. Because when we make that connection with the eyes, we feel connection uh, in, in all planes. We feel that emotional connection. We feel that mental connection. We feel that spiritual connection. We feel the earthly connection, right? We feel that connection. So make eye contact. That's the first one. A second one is to reach out to three different people and say, I love you, or simply express your gratitude for them. Allow the names of the three people to drop in from essence. You don't have to force it. You can literally just close your eyes and see their faces or, you know, see their names in your mind's eye, of course. Or if you feel stuck, you can ask essence to take over your pen and just write them down. And so as you make those three reach outs to those three names that have dropped in from your higher self, I want you to go ahead and check back in with Essence and and just see if you're complete 
or if there's more people that you need to connect with. And just trust that inner voice. What does that guidance compass say? The third exercise is something that we've talked about on previous episodes, but I want to continue to bring this to your awareness because it is so significant. And that is to practice love and acceptance. This is something that comes up all the time on a day-to-day where I have human moments and then I practice love and acceptance. I love and accept you. I love and accept you. And this creates significant connection to people that we love and people that we don't know. And it does this by creating space to actually not be so defensive or not be so gripped to a certain perception or to a certain story. We love to tell ourselves stories. It's what we do. It's what our ego does. And oftentimes the story that we tell ourselves will be the most furthest thing from the truth. And so when we practice love and acceptance, it helps us to flex those perception muscles and helps us to tell ourselves a different story. It also really helps in a relationship for the person to show up as their most authentic self and express themselves from a soul place instead of from an ego place, instead of from the wounded child or the defenses from, you know, something that's unhealed, you know, It really just allows us to have a a real conversation that's not based in an old narrative, an old story, and limiting beliefs. So how do you practice love and acceptance? You literally say, I love and accept you. 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 Over and over and over and over and over again hundreds or thousands of times a day, depending on how dysfunctional the current relationship is or how heightened the tension is, like how much space do you really need to create right now? It creates space. And of course, you don't say this out loud. You just say this in your mind's eye. And if you're in a situation where you can't use the word love, you can use the word like. And if you can't use the word acceptance, you can use perhaps the word respect. And you're going to get yourself to a place where you can work with love and acceptance because you understand it from a higher place. When we hate someone, we find them disgusting, we find them to be evil, we tend to simply invite them to show us more of that shadow self. So when we are feeling disgust, we see more disgust. And when we feel that someone is evil and we think they're evil and we think about them being so evil and we say that we hate them, they show us more things to hate. And as evil as a person may seem on this earthly plane with the circumstances in this 3D reality may be true, but that doesn't mean that that's the work to actually transcend the container. 
because what we don't want is to see more of that negative vibration show up. And so we actually alchemize it by practicing love and acceptance. The next exercise is to write down five things you love about each of your family members and or anyone in your life that you desire to create closeness with. And this closeness that I speak of is that level beyond connection, that intimacy or that love, that oxytocin, you know, kicking in. And so write down five things you love, five things you're grateful for. And when we do this, again, it's another way of creating energy. It's another way of that person being able to show us those beautiful qualities. And it's a beautiful way for us to uh, really just stretch ourselves and to start seeing more and more of those beautiful qualities of that loved one. Number five, Jen Sonero writes, every time you come from a place of I need to get XYZ done today, Flip that impulse around and make it about giving. For example, if you're at a toothpaste, instead of focusing on getting some, focus on giving the store your business, on giving the employees a smile and a beautiful thank you, on giving thanks that you have the money, the, the ability, the bodily ability, the transportation, to make this dental adventure happen and giving your teeth some love and attention that they deserve. And when you do this all day with everything and you take off the how and you take off that, that need, I need to get this XYZ done today. It'll flip your energy. It'll flip your focus. It'll flip your results. And so it's just a beautiful offering that we can do instead of saying, I need to do X, Y, Z, or I need to get X, Y, Z, you think about it from giving. You get to give to the store your money. You get to give people jobs. You get to, um, you know, have this opportunity to do this. And then of course, wow, like I'm so grateful that I can do this, that I have the function to do this. And the same is true if you find yourself locked in any constriction right now. If you find yourself, you know, focusing on how little time you have, then you're going to be met with having less time. And so this example uh, can play out in many different scenarios of your life. But of course, when it comes to creating that connection and you start changing your energy of how you show up to the simple things in life, it's going to radically offer some major expansion of gratitude around you. And people are going to feel that and then people are going to work with that. Number six, check your guard. Do you have a heart wall? A heart wall is a barrier which the mind forms made up of trapped emotion. The mind literally forms a wall around the heart with these emotions to protect the heart from injury 
or from being broken. And to the mind, to the subconscious, the wall is a reality. And initially, this barrier of protection may be a good thing as it can help a person get through a rough time. But if this wall is left in place and continues to be added onto, then it becomes highly detrimental. The wall hinders love from flowing freely into or out of the heart. The existence of heart walls was an incredibly important discovery by Dr. Bradley Nelson, along with his wife, Jean. When we release the trapped emotions around the heart wall, um, or in the heart wall, I should say, it will have, or I should say, it can have a dramatic impact on a person. Dr. Nelson estimates that 93% of people have a heart wall and may have an additional hidden heart wall. Recognizing in my own journey how big of a heart wall I had formed, I became fascinated with this work and wanting to help people accelerate their healing by removing a heart wall or a hidden heart wall. And uh, this is this can be one of the most important steps to take in freeing yourself of that emotional baggage or those cobwebs. And this can really help us to just have not only radical physical healing, but have such stronger connections. And it makes sense, right? When we take down a heart wall that's perhaps made in the subconscious with bricks, and we take that down, that person's no longer guarded. And you can feel guards. And sometimes a person has only known their guard. But intuitively, they know that something's not right, that they have the potential to feel even deeper. And my subconscious wants to start building that heart wall all the time back up. It's a lot safer place to be, or I should say it's a lot safer perceived place to be. The ego thinks, I don't want to get hurt. I got to put that heart wall back up as fast as I possibly can. And honestly, where mine gets triggered the most right now is when I feel like I'm not liked or that I didn't do something good enough. It's like, oh, what am I doing? What am I even doing right now? You know, I'm not good enough. Like those thoughts will come back. And of course I have the tools to quickly move through them. And oftentimes I have to just jump in and do a little work. You know, why did this come back up? Why is this still present? What is here left to, to move? And as I've said many times, that our work is never done, right? And so when we hit these new levels, we face new devils. And that was, I had a, an untethered sister mind client today. And uh, the first thing I knew when I felt her energy was, oh, here we are, new new level, new devil. All right, let's go. And so these heart walls certainly um, have incredible, can have immediate incredible shifts, but it also brings immense awareness to a person how differently it feels when we're living from a place of having our hearts open to connect and when we're not. And when we experience as adults this opportunity to feel it certainly uh, gives us that permission to have that all the time. 
and to really tune in when we're not or to tune in when we're grabbing those bricks or the wood or the metal or the, you know, whatever you decide to build your heart well with, it's, it's that pause that we now have this awareness to hit the pause. Like I'm doing that thing and I understand why I'm doing that thing because my ego is so glorious at working to keep my, keep me safe, but the ego is not the head of my table. And sometimes it requires us to have a conversation with our ego and say, look, I know that felt that stung. I know you felt that, but you know what? That wasn't personal. That wasn't anything to do with you. And I'm sorry that it felt like it did, but it didn't. You are worthy. You are loved. You are made for this. In fact, this is your assignment. So let's go. Let's show up. There's no such thing as failure. Failures are just hints that we are in the wrong spot. But it's always the invitation to try again. It just looks differently. Failures are just saying, hey, this ain't working. You got to try something different. So heart, this, you know, right now it's, this isn't talking about our heart walls. Isn't really for you to, you know, having to do the heart wall work right now. It's more so the question of, is your guard up? How long has your guard been up? Like, let's start having this awareness. Like how deep of a connection will your body and this physical or etheric plane even allow Getting rid of a heart wall is just an, like, it's just can be an astonishing event. Um, you know, really helping to release that baggage and helping someone show up more freely in the world. And this is why, like, every single sister in the Untethered Sister Mind, we do a heart wall removal because at some point, this has to happen in order for this person to feel. Fully, and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to happen in this way, right? It doesn't have to happen in this particular method of removing a heart wall, but certainly happens from the place of intention and having the awareness that there could be some blocks there. It reminds me similarly, similar of when a person is trying to lose weight and they... Sometimes it's just their wording that they want to lose weight. And for some people, um, you know, they've had ex- tremendous loss. And for the subconscious to hear that there's going to be more loss, it's just too, too much. Can't do it. And so that body will hold on to that weight. And in other times, the weight is there to serve as a physical barrier, a physical punching bag, so to speak. And that person just doesn't feel safe enough to release that weight. Well, when we talk like that, that safety, right? Also, that lack of safety, I should say, will also show up or manifest as this heart wall. And Dr. Bradley, like I said, he believes that 93% of people have a heart wall or a hidden heart wall. And so that gives you a pretty good indicator that maybe there's some things to move from there. But right now, right now, I just want you to tune into that guard because even just doing the work of 
trying to make stronger connections, being intentional with making stronger connections, be intentional with making this, the connection to yourself is going to stop the bricks from being put on. It's going to stop the layering process. And while it may not be enough in this moment to reverse it, stopping it is an amazing goal. Stopping it with awareness, stopping it with curiosity, stopping it from having a feeling and actually allowing yourself to feel that feeling fully and move it out of your system, which actually is a really quick process. It doesn't have to take days and days, right? Like when it takes days and days, it's because we are not willing to tell ourselves a different story. We are not willing to change the narrative. We are choosing to be stuck in a victim mode. We are choosing to be stuck here. And so when we hold on to that emotion, we're setting ourselves up to work with it even more. And that happens all the time with me. It's like the universe is constantly like, hello, wake up. If you're feeling frustrated and you don't fully feel it and you continue to move about your day with this frustration, I'm going to give you more things to be frustrated about. When it rains, it pours. That's how that whole singing came to be. So when we are having a feeling and we don't fully feel it, and it's something to do with our heart. It's something to do with our feeling of connection. It's something to do with our feeling of love and being loved and being safe. That's an opportunity for that subconscious mind to take that frustration and use it as a brick or a piece of wood or a nail in building this heart wall. Some people's heart walls are miles long. Some people's heart walls are, you know, so like, you know, just made with things that you just, can't possibly get through. It's a barricade. And the thing about heart walls is you can feel them if you don't have one. If you're with somebody with a heart wall and and you have opened yours like, oh, I can feel that. I can feel that thing between us that's not really letting us be us, or at least our truest versions of ourselves. Okay, so this last exercise is, um, I have a little story that goes along with it. So when, you know, my son who recently turned seven is absolutely a part of my waking up story. And it was because of him that I had this immense yearning to just really explore all the tools of naturopathy. In fact, before him, I don't even know, um, you know, how much I knew about my body's ability to fully heal, even though I had a great sense because of the sickness I endured and the healing I had had with changing food, but I didn't fully comprehend what our bodies were capable of. And so when I, I had all these, you know, ideas of what motherhood would look like, of course, and all these ideas, what my birth would look like and all these ideas of what postpartum was going to look like. And part of postpartum, one of my biggest hurdles was not being able to breastfeed my son in the way which I so desired. And there's a lot of reasons for this. And I truly believe that I go through things and you go through things, right? So we can be part of other people's healing or be part of other people's solution. And so not being able to breastfeed in the way I desired was very, um, you know, earth shattering to me. It was very hard for me. And I struggled with it every single day. And I continued to try 
um, over and over and over again for the first seven months of his life. And I just kept holding out and thinking that, you know, today will be the day and today will be the day. Well, as I was going through this process, I was absolutely desperate, absolutely desperate. And we know that surrender attracts and desperation repels. So my desperate energy was certainly not serving my situation. I see that now. But in this desperation, I was willing to see anybody. I mean, I did really crazy things to try and get this to work. And I just was like at a, at a, like a really low point. And the naturopath that I was working with was, wasn't available any at this point. And, um, I just didn't know what to do or her to tune to. And so I just made this random appointment to see a naturopath and I was seeking, uh, physical remedies to help me, um, produce more milk and to help break up the scar tissue in the breast. So I would stop getting clogged ducts and, I left there and I felt so defeated because I'm like, really? Like I'm looking for this and you give me this assignment. You know, again, I, I was in a state of just panic and frustration and all these things. Well, of course, at the same time being, you know, in awe of my child, but just it wasn't how I wanted it to be, you know? And again, that surrender, that surrender is what attracts, that surrender is what allows us to shift to new places. And that desperation and that gripping tight is such a repellent to what we want and it just continues to make things harder. So anyway, uh, I left there and she gave me this assignment from Louise Hay. And the assignment uh, was called When You Were Little. And she wrote this on a piece of paper and I still have the paper today because it just brings me back to that moment and just like understanding that moment from such a higher level now. And that, that's been my, that's been my, not only was that whole experience my medicine, but seeing it from a higher lens is, you know, just such a gift. So here's the exercise that I was given that day. And you know, that I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, like I came for this and you give me this, like, I just remember just bawling on the way home, just again, feeling so defeated that I didn't have physical solutions to my physical problem. All right. So finally, when I surrendered, I saw the love and the light in which this offering was. And I'm going to share that with you now. So the first one is visualizing when you were little. And you're going to say each of these uh, three times. So visualizing when you were little, so seeing that little child, your inner child, and say to her, may you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. May you be safe, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you live with ease. And the next one is to yourself in this present moment. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. And the next one is to a mentor. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. 
And lastly, thinking of someone that you struggle with. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. I see the beauty and the magic in that offering now. I missed it in that moment, but I still got the message. I got the message when I finally surrendered to what it is, to what was, accepted it, because that always gives us more choice. So the last one is um, just an idea of something that works for me. At one point in my journey, I had the awareness that when I am open heart and connected that I feel in my power. And so part of my practice is above my altar. I have a golden heart that I can fit a name in. And so part of that morning ritual, when I'm thinking um, of setting my intention and, and, and really going through that work of being present and, and what my desires are and uh, listening, getting quiet and hearing, is I will also connect briefly to that person that's in in my heart. And this can rotate with different people that may be a client or maybe a family member, or it may be, um, you know, someone that I saw, you know, on social media that needs some support or a story that I, that I saw, you know, something like that, that just feels in alignment to drop in and to have that intention to connect with them and sit with them energetically from a distance, heart to heart. So that's been a beautiful practice for me to help on a daily basis, have that connection to someone outside of me, heart to heart in that way. Someone who needs that extra compassion or that extra love. So again, you know, I really had to work. I, I feel like we're all being asked to work right now, right? Like to do the work and I'm doing the work and then things come up and then more work comes up and then things come up and then more work comes up. And so, you know, just really feeling that yearning to do better at being united, you know, to really work with that energy of connection And if this feels overwhelming or if this feels like too much, I certainly hope that you will consider, you know, giving it a try to just even set the intention. Or if setting an intention is new to you, then you could certainly choose this opportunity to just learn about setting an intention, right? So there's always medicine in this work and you get to decide what that, what your medicine is. What did you show up today for? What message is here for you? It may not even be one of the points I made. It may would have been something that just kind of came in the cracks of it. So I leave you today with this question and this offering. Who are you really? What's your sole purpose? What would you need to do to step into full alignment? What would your life be like if you knew you were acting according to your soul's deepest desires? What would your life be
be like if you lived it fully, knowing and trusting the path? And are you ready for these answers? Are you ready to know you, to really know you, to trust your intuition, to live your calling without fear, doubt, or worry, to co-create your life and know fully that with every step that life is happening for you and not to you, and that your job isn't to micromanage the universe, but to surrender to your truth, to take that baby step day after day, knowing with every fabric in your body that you are supported, divinely guided, and divinely held. When you free yourself to do this, everything won't go as you planned, but it will work out better than you could have ever imagined. Trusting, surrendering, and taking action is how we find the beauty in the mess. But to do this, you must free yourself from the past, let go of the lies, break the chains from the negative patterns of your lineage. You are the very first to learn that the application are now open and ready for you to have a soul yes to the untethered sister mind. A six month intensive with 10 other women where we commit to doing the work that really matters. You will have private monthly calls with me, monthly group calls, a private sisterhood where magic literally unfolds the minute you say yes, personalized naturopathic programs, two virtual retreats, and an in-person retreat at one of my most favorite places in the world, in Montana. There's so much more to this. If you feel the pull to live life untethered, I invite you to go check out the link in the show notes and apply today if it feels in alignment to your soul. Thank you so much for connecting with me heart to heart today. Thank you so much for doing this work with me. I can't wait to hear from you. Beautiful blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely. Cheers to you for seeking truth and